Hey, Yak Quarantine, episode number 49. Man, we're get, we're moving here, y'all. It is Proverb Tuesday, episode 49. Shout out to my alma mater, the 49ers of University of North Carolina at Charlotte. So we're still sitting here in Proverbs 6, turn there. We're going to go over 6 through 19 today kind of finish this section. I'm still going to read one through five as well because it does fit in within the framework of what we're going to talk about today. It's just some practical warnings. Um, and hopefully I can give you some insight into what he's saying here. And while at the same time, you know, that's one of those sections of Proverbs, which is pretty cut and dry. You know, there's not some hidden biblical meaning within the text. He's, he's pretty blunt. So um, follow along with me. We'll start at verse 1 of chapter 6, and we're going to go through 19. My son, if you have put up security for your neighbor, have you given your pledge for a stranger? If you are snared in the words of your mouth, caught in the words of your mouth, then do this, my son, and save yourself. For you have come into the hand of your neighbor. Go hasten and plead urgently with your neighbor. Give your eyes no sleep, your eyelids no slumber. Save yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter, like the bird from the hand of the fowler. Go to the ant, O sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief, officer, or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. How long will you lie there, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber and like an armed man. A worthless person, a wicked man, goes about with crooked speech, winks with his eyes, signals with his feet, points with his finger, with perverted heart devises evil continually sowing discord. Therefore, calamity will come upon him suddenly. In a moment, he will be broken beyond healing. There are six things that the Lord hates, seven, that are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to evil, a false witness who breathes out lies, and one who sows discord among brothers. Thus ends the reading. So today I'm going to try not to get on one of my soapboxes, but it is one of those sins that bothers the junk out of me. Y'all, I can tolerate a lot. And for those parents that are listening, you know that. I work with teenagers, right? Like I got to learn, I got to be able to tolerate a lot. If you're a teenager, you don't quite, maybe not quite understand that yet. But the one thing that really just irks me is the sluggard. The sluggard. So in this section, he compares the sluggard to the ant. Now, ants only used one other time in Scripture, another time in Proverbs, Proverbs 30. So why is he talking about the ant? Well, if you know anything about ants, 
They got a job, and they do it. They carry what seems to be much more weight than they should be able to. And they not only carry it, they get the job done with the whole tribe in mind and with storing up needs for the future. There's a lot that could be breaking down as we just think about the ant, right? But he does say, consider her ways, the ant's ways, and be wise. Without having any chief, officer, or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. Now, it's not saying that ants don't have a queen or a specific role that's given to them. You have that, though, too. You have someone who is an authority over you, and you have a role that you are supposed to fulfill under that authority, whether it's a job, whether it's a family, uh, whether it's you and the way that um, you're called to minister. But notice, any chief officer or ruler, they're not, the queen doesn't check in on the worker. Doesn't have a drone following that worker around to make sure the job gets done. Because the queen can just trust the worker to get the job done. They know that they don't have a sluggard on their hands. Now, what makes someone a sluggard? Well, someone who sleeps incessantly. Hey? Someone who folds their hands. It's this idea of refusing to work, right? Crossing their arms. And poverty will come upon them like a robber and want like an armed man. So how do you not become a sluggard? Set goals. If you don't have a goal that you're reaching for, you're much more likely to fall into sloth. And someone, wise person said, you know, that devil's playground is idle hands. And so we need to fill our time well. Now, summer's coming up, yak students. It's one of those times in life that you can get lost in idleness. Don't. Use your summer to some end. If you don't know how, have this conversation with your parents. How can I use this summer well? Have this conversation with me. I got plenty of ideas for how you can spend your time. But get on a plan. Get going. And don't be caught in unneeded sleep. Now, you're teenagers. Y'all need sleep more than anyone else. Your body's changing at a rate that it will never change for the rest of your life. Your brain is being developed. Your hormones and are, are, are at a weird level. They're shooting and firing at different points. And so you need sleep. But how are you using your wake hours? How are you using your wake hours? So that would be my challenge to you as we consider the ant and the sloth. <laughs> and he immediately moves from there to a worthless person. A worthless person. That's a little harsh, right? So worthless is closely associated with evil. And the Hebrew term here is mentioned in the New Testament in 2 Corinthians 6.15 as the opposite of Christ. 
So the word here, worthless, is really kind of this evil, this rebellious person, a wicked man, he goes on to clarify it here, um, goes about with crooked speech, and then he lists there, wings, eyes, signals, feet, points with his finger. These are just kind of idioms that we don't understand as non-Hebrews um, um, that are just uh, tools that um, the wicked use to try to get by in their sloth. And because of it, their heart is perverted with evil. They sow discord. And when you sow discord, verse 15, calamity comes suddenly. It is not something that um, you know is coming. It just sneaks up on you and bites you. You will see this over and over again in life, hopefully with other people, not yourself. What about this next section? The six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him. How do we treat these numbers? First of all, just so you don't get caught up unto, to them, this is just a, um, a Hebrew uh, poetic way of speaking. Um, and it's not that Yahweh only hates these six things and considers only these seven things an abomination. It's just a literary device to show the following lists of traits that are things that um, God finds uh, abhorable. Oh, well, not abhorable. Yeah, abhorable. He just can't stand them. Um, and this formula, a number plus a number plus one, is used throughout the Proverbs and in Job as well. Um, so it's just kind of a, a Hebrew um, thing. And then he lists it, right? Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to evil, a false witness who breathes out lies, and one who sows discord among brothers. Again, we could probably spend our whole episode just here. But think about these things. What are of those seven things you most quick to run to? You're not innocent of all of them. I'm not innocent of all of them. None of us are innocent of all of them, except for Jesus. But we need to know where our heart naturally inclines itself to. And then we need each other to fill in the gaps of what we cannot accomplish. And when we use each other well as the body of Christ to push each other towards work and not sloth, towards honor and not rebellion, towards the fruit of the Spirit and not the uh, six things that the Lord hates, then we function much like the ant. Where community becomes beautiful. And when you work together towards something, there's a clear end in mind for us, the glory of God, for the ant, the survival of his tribe. And the things that we miss in life are filled in by our other brothers and sisters. And that's the end. That's the end goal, right? To honor Christ, to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. This is one of the things the Proverbs speak to today. Hope you're doing well. Miss you all. Peace.